So there's no such thing as a good or bad memory. There's a trained memory and an untrained memory. Your genetics loads the gun, right? But your lifestyle is what fires it. You change your brain, you change your life. You change your brain, you change your world. What's up, everybody? Uh, it's your boy Schultzy, and I'm here with um, someone I'm very excited to talk to. I saw your... I don't even know what you call them. Do you call them a performance? It's its more than a talk. You're interacting yeah. with the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't call it a talk. A talk, Like a TED Talk is kind of boring, right? Like I did a TED Talk <laughs> once. It, 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 there's no interaction. But you're back and forth. You're like making us stand up, sit down. You're actually making us do these exercises that are like potentially improving our lives. And uh, I was just blown away. Uh, I mean, you. I was blown away. We're here with Jim Quick, and he's going to make all of our brains work so much better. And I'm very excited for this convo. Um, I have to give you a, uh, a huge compliment. One specific thing from the talk, and we'll get to a bunch of them, but one specific thing you did in the talk, we, you, we've heard so often people talk about like the secret, right? And like yeah. uh, the power of belief. Yeah. And you executed the power of belief with physical results. Yeah. And that was so satisfying because you read all these books and it's just like, yeah, think about it and then it will happen. Right, right, right. But it doesn't, right? Like you could think about wanting water so much, but like if you're in the desert, there's no water. It's not going to just appear. Yeah. But you did this cool exercise where you basically said, hey, try to reach your arm as far back as you can. Yeah. And then you made us visualize twisting around in a 360 and then like a 720 doing the same thing without actually doing it. And then the next time we went to go reach back with our arm, it went back another like fucking 90 degrees. I couldn't believe it. Isn't that wild? Unbelievable. (laughs) So right there, I was like, okay, this guy is a brain expert. (laughs) Proven. It was was official in that moment. And I was like, I don't know. I was just so blown away. And um, yeah, it was just so cool. It was was great to go there. We were at the uh, Faina Rose. Yes. Shout out to Pablo. Faina Rose's place in Miami that has these amazing events and great speakers. And, uh, we were lucky enough to go watch you. Uh, so Jim Quick, we start here. Why did you need to figure out how our brains work? Why did you need to hack it? And why did you need to optimize it? Well, that's a great question. I, I would say my inspiration is, was my desperation. Okay. I, I, I struggled, you know, despite what people see on video and these performances where I do these mental feats is, you know, I, I grew up in learning challenges. When I was five years old, I was in kindergarten class, and uh, I had an accident where I took a very bad fall, rushed mm. to the emergency room, head trauma, traumatic brain injury. And uh, from there, you know, my parents said I was never the same from there. Before, I was very curious, very energized, very playful. And then after that, I just became very shut down. Uh, I had horrible focus, concentration. Teachers would repeat themselves over and over again. Nothing registered. Mm. I had a horrible memory. I don't know if anyone could relate to these things, but... Took me three years longer just to learn how to to read. You know, I taught myself how to read by reading comic books, but it was it was it was a hard. My my mess has really become my my message. You know, I remember when I was nine years old, I was slowing down the whole class, and a teacher pointed to me because I was being teased by other kids, and said, "That's the boy with the broken brain," and that was uh, that was heartbreaking. You know, and so that was my label, and that label became my limit. But I've noticed, like, through adversity. You know, sometimes it can be an advantage, right? Through struggles that everyone's has gone through, 
it could lead to strengths. You know, when you're challenged, it could lead to some kind of positive change. And right. Yeah. So when did you realize like, okay, all right. Was there any point in time where you're like, am I just dumb? And it yeah. wasn't the fall. Yeah. That, that was part of it because okay. I, I didn't know. I mean, I would always say every single time I did badly on a test or a quiz, wasn't picked for sports, which was like all the time. Yeah. I'd always say, Oh, cause I have the broken brain that became my identity. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of, there was a pressure, you know, my, my parents immigrated to the United States and didn't speak the language, you know, where from back of, uh, China, China. Yeah. Gotcha. And, um, they live in the back of a laundromat that my mom worked at, you know, so it was, it was also that. So I wanted to make them proud. I'm, I'm the oldest of, uh, you know, three siblings. I want to yep. be a good role model for the youngins and yeah, but I still, I couldn't hack it. I would work hard, but it just, it didn't show up. Was there another expectation like being Asian and usually you're supposed to have yeah. all this success in school? And was it like weird for your classmates? It, it, like, what's it, going on? With it, it, it was. I was one of two Asians in my in my school. The other one was uh, Roger, uh, Roger, Roger Lee. He was one year ahead of me, okay. and he was what he was. You know, he missed one question on the SATs. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. so upset, yeah, yeah. and he had to he had to take <laughs> it over to get a perfect score. He was president of the debate team, the math team, class valedictorian. And so I think he set a bar, you know, where people like that's, you know, what to expect. And I came around and I was the one that allowed, you know, that hat, you know, like I was on the other side of the bell curve. Yeah. That made that possible. It out, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was added a little pressure onto it as well. I didn't kind of kind of fit that mold. Were your parents pissed? Um, you know, I, 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 I'm anything that's good that's come out of me i i attribute to them anything that's fallen short that's all on me right you know they they they're not the the wealthiest or the most intellectual or the healthiest or spiritual or any of that but they're just really good people okay you know they they, they work hard they're very kind they they do no harm and um, good good role models but you know obviously they wanted to encourage me to to do better you said something uh interesting to talk you said uh and I want to quote you here. You get a, we get paid uh, for brain strength, not brute strength. Yeah. It's like, you know, back when, when I don't know, agricultural age, the beginning of the industrial age, it was more like muscle power. Pick right? shit up. Yeah. Yeah. Be able to move things yeah. and hard labor. And, and I think nowadays it's shifted from muscle power to mind power. 100%. You know, like everyone who's listening to this as you're hustling and you're, you're getting your education, your personal growth. You know, I think knowledge is not only power today. Knowledge is knowledge is profit. Yeah. Right. You know, the faster you can learn, the faster you could earn, and not just money, but just all the treasures of your life. So that was something I wanted to ask you yesterday during the uh, the conference, and you gave us the opportunity to ask questions, right, yeah, yeah. or or the talk or the performance. Uh, and I I have this problem where. I know how valuable information is, mm -hmm. and there's so much fucking information out there that I have like information paralysis. Yeah. I don't know if I'm just making up that term, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. there's so many things that I have to read in order to get the truth out of this story. Okay, I got to read the right wing yeah. side. I got to read the left wing side. Then there's a libertarian side and then there's this. And I just go, I don't care enough. Uh -huh. And then I kind of just don't consume any of it. I just, I just refuse to digest in a weird way. How do I get past that? Yeah, I mean, I think thinking is good. Uh, overthinking, you know, could stop progress and wanting to be perfect, you know, before it even starts. I, I don't think you're alone. I think a lot of people who are with us today, they suffer from information overload. Like mm. this is like a real like medical condition, like information anxiety, 
you know, too much. It sounds feels like we're drowning in information, but we're starving for those practical ways to kind of keep up with yeah, it all. Yeah, yeah, it's like you're yeah, yeah. you're taking a sip of water out of a fire hose, trying to keep up with all the news and everything. Right. I did a program at Google years ago, and I heard this quote from the uh, the chairman. It was um, the amount of information that's been created from the dawn of humanity since humans walked the earth to yeah. the year two thousand and three. That amount of information. Think about that. Yeah. Like the Library of Congress, all that information that now is created every two days online you think about like your youtube and, like, and uh, your podcast and social media and we we're producing so much information how can yeah. you possibly keep up with it all yeah they were so proud they made like the constitution it's like we do three pods a week guys. exactly exactly <laughs> step up. it up founding fathers <laughs> exactly so there's so much information but how we learn it and retain it it's all the same so that growing gap creates you know stress Right. You know, and people are suffering higher blood pressure, compression of leisure time, more sleeplessness, as we yeah. talked about in the presentation. So, you know, and nowadays you, you feel like you need to know it all. And the amount of information gets dated after, you know, it's getting shorter and shorter. People yeah. graduate. That information is not as relevant. So what's the most efficient way to digest information? Yeah. And so my thing is always upgrading our skills. School taught us what to learn, what to read, what to remember, what to focus on, a lot to what to think. Yeah. But not how to do those things. You know, I think a missing ingredient in our education system is this thing called meta-learning. Okay. Meta-learning means learning how to learn. Yes. So it's one of those things school taught us, you know, subjects like math and history and science and Spanish. But it had been really useful to learn classes on, on focus, you know, on, on study techniques, on, on reading faster. You know, I always thought it should have been the fourth R in school, reading, writing, arithmetic. Obviously, spelling wasn't one of them. But, but what about remembering, retention, recall? Yeah. Socrates said learning is remembering. So, um, you know, I feel like the trick is to learn how to learn. And I think it's the biggest superpower you could have nowadays. Okay. How do we learn? How do we learn? More efficiently. More efficiently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could turn this into masterclass. I mean, if you are listening to this, if, if they could grab some notes too, I'll hopefully drop some practical uh, yeah. wisdom for everybody. You know, whether you're in school, you're starting a business, whatever you are, um, age or stage or your life, I would say um, four keys to learning faster. Remember, I'll, I'll use acronyms just to make it, you know, you, you use acronyms in school. Of course. Like HOMES to remember the Great Lakes, like H is Huron, O is Ontario. These are like little tricks. I never knew a, a no? single lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys knew the Great Lakes? Huron, Ontario, Michigan, Erie, Superior. That's amazing. Ah, yeah, there you go. So like homes, HOMES was like what Mexicans would call each other. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 so these little things like, um, so I remember fast F A S T. These yes. are four tips to learning faster. Yeah. Um, so think about a subject or a skill you want to, whether it's money, marketing, martial arts, manner, whatever, right? Um, the F in fast stands for forget, which is interesting for a memory expert to talk about, but right. I feel like a lot of people don't learn faster because they feel like they know it already and our ego could get in the way you know, sometimes. So I think sometimes we have to empty our cup to put new information in. Okay. So have a beginner's mind. I would also say forget about distractions. You know, so many people, I mean, we live in a culture of rings, dings, dings, app notifications, social media alert, you know, likes, shares, comments, and we are driven to distraction. And sometimes it helps to learn when you can just focus. And if something comes in your mind, I know it's difficult, mm. but focus is a muscle. And it's use it or lose it. Question about that. Yeah. I open my phone. I can't, I imagine everybody in this room does this. I open my phone to do a single thing. Yeah. Dove will say, hey, can you do us a favor and text the restaurant and let them know that we'll be late? I open my phone because I want to do that. And then I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on every. <laughs> and then I forgot why I opened my fucking phone in the yeah. first place. 
is this just not a useful tool for executing tasks? You know, I, I, I love technology. Technology for me is, uh, you know, it has a light and a dark side, right? Like fire is technology. Fire could cook your food or mm. fire could burn down your home. Mm. It's just how it's applied. Mm. I love technology because it makes our lives convenient. Like it, it, it so can be, it allows this to happen, right? right. It allows us to, to, to reach an impact and, and, and encourage and uh, challenge people. And I would say that you want technology as a tool for you to use, but if the technology is using you, mm. then who becomes the tool? Yes. <laughs> you know, in the equation. And so, so we're being used, essentially. At, at some time, I would say that use it uh, purposefully. But when, you know, um, I, I have on our podcast, we had um, Dr. BJ Fogg, and he is the, he runs a lab at Stanford University yeah. on habits. And he's like the number one habit expert. Yeah. And I believe first you create your habits, then your habits create you. But one of his students actually co founded Instagram. And think about how, how habitual oh, that yeah. app is, right? How, how, how addictive it is. Yeah. And, you know, we open it, what, 100 times a day? Yeah. And if somebody's not opening it 100 times, if they're doing it 10 times, that means somebody's opening it a lot more to get that average. And I'm just saying that if we're doing it mindlessly, yeah. then it's kind of driving us to distraction. But we're using purpose. I'm sure somebody has uh, done this analogy before, but like, you know, in like movies back in the day when the people who had sex the night before would wake up, the first thing they would do, right, is they'd roll over and they'd grab a cigarette, yeah. they light the cigarette and smoke it, right? What is the first thing? Yeah that we all do the second we wake up in the morning before I kiss my fiance. Yeah. I grab my phone and just, Oh, did we get some likes and some validation? Like yeah. I have the validation I need next to me asleep mm -hmm. for the rest of my life. But yeah. I'm looking on the phone. Did some strangers think I was funny yesterday? It is so addictive. It's terrifying. Yeah. But it is so, at least for me, they've convinced me it's so useful and it has provided so much, right? It's provided a career for me, my yeah, friends, yeah, yeah you know, uh, salvation in a lot of ways in terms of like uh, economic yeah. mobility. So it's like, it's hard for me to hate it. And it's really hard for me to tell people not to be on it. Yeah. Like who the fuck am I to say, don't be on your phone when like being on your phone helped me build this. Yeah. I, I think it's a balance. I mean, so people, I mean, and I'm not one to say for anybody just, you know, to judge people should do whatever works for them. And I'm just saying sometimes when we say yes to somebody or something, make sure we're not saying no to, to the important things for ourselves. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Where that, where if you're touching your phone, the first thing in the morning, you're rewiring your brain for like distraction. You're rewiring your brain for reaction to fight fires and respond to everybody else, as opposed to designing your day, you know, around the things that are most important for you. So I'm not, and, and again, I love, I'm, I'm online and we, we do a lot of things online. And I would just say having some kind of balance. And so everyone can make a choice. In, in, in my book, Limitless, I have a quote from a French philosopher. And he says, life is the C between B and D. And you think about, like, we're speaking in tongues. B stands for birth. D is death. And C, life, choice. You know, I, I believe that everything comes down to choices, that our life is a reflection of all the choices we made up to this point. Yeah. Who are we going to spend time with? Who, yeah. who are we, what are we going to eat? What are we going to do? And that sum total is where we are today. And we could always at any time make a new choice. And so I'm saying, yeah, if you, you love your phone, you know, be on your phone mm. like, and, and ask yourself, is this getting the result that I want? You know, mm. so if it's distraction and you're just doing it, people are just doing it out of habit. That's where I'd be concerned. Do you break up? And I want to get back to yeah, yeah, what yeah. you were talking about with fast and, yeah. and but uh, do, you, <laughs> do you break up your technological devices for the different things that you use them for? Like yeah. do you have a tablet just to read so you don't have messages popping in 
or do, are you able to just do everything there and you just work that ability and not yeah, get distracted? Yeah, I mean, my, my focus is pretty strong because I train it and it's a practice. So there's ways we could talk about about training your focus. Yeah. Most people are training their distraction muscles, so they're flexing it all the time and they wonder why they read a page in a book and forgot what they just read. They get somebody's name and it disappears out of their mind. They were going to say something and they're like lost that thought because they're just driven to distraction because their mind is always multitasking and try to do multiple things. And I would say that if you can control your environment, yeah, it would be great if you could, if you people could afford it to have a, a device just for entertainment and another device just for work, you know, just to help them to focus and eliminate distractions. But it's, it's hard, you know, it's that simple, but it's that difficult at the same time. Hmm. How are we training ourselves for distraction? So one of the things is, especially when you wake up, right? When you wake up, you're in this relaxed state and you're very, very suggestible, right? And so if you pick up your phone, you're, you're rewiring your brain for distraction because like we talk about, every like, share, comment, cat, video, whatever, it just, you get this dopamine flood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And dopamine gives you happiness and it, it goes along the learning and motivation centers of your nervous system and that's what makes it addictive, right? You just want more and more and more. And, and keep in mind, like these platforms have invested countless dollars, billions of dollars. They have the best like psychologists to be able to engineer us spending more time. And right. again, it's just giving people free will and, and choice. So I would say that having this device there, you know, as much as you can be able to control it and exercise your, 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 your will. And as long as it's not taking you from away, like distraction, the opposite is traction, mm. right? And so if you're making traction in your life, in your career, in your business, in school, distraction is things that take you away from that path. And so I would just ask yourself, is this giving me what I want in the moment? And it's, it's not easy at all, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's very addictive. I, I, we have videos online where we talk about just even having a phone at a dinner table stresses people out. Yeah. Their anxiety goes up. Even if it's face down, <laughs> yeah. you just feel the, you know, the, 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 the drive to pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it is so true. There's two phones on the table. A buddy of mine, like Giannis Pappas has a funny joke about this, but, uh, that I'm not going to butcher right now because I don't remember it, unfortunately. But, um, but yeah, having the phone on the table is like you're in this conversation. And if that conversation lags at all, yeah. your eyes just start like drifting yeah. to that thing that can make you feel good in the moment. Hmm. So they're hiring people like you essentially to do bad things <laughs> so you're you're a force of good you're like hey be careful guys this is how you should live your life and this is how we can optimize our brain and not be tricked by these scientists that are basically going how do we trick people i, I would say that i'm i don't know i want to talk about conspiracies but i'm just saying that we we have to be 100 percent responsible for our life we're not we're not a victim or at the effect okay and as much as as you know control we could have in directing the course as opposed to you know being at the effect, then yeah, I would so opt for that. Here's my question. Yeah. If you can get me addicted to my phone, can that same technology get me addicted to working out? Yeah. Can it get, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it can. Of course, yeah. The so, same principles. Well, let's fucking go. I mean, yeah. is that what Peloton is? Is that what like... Soul cycle and all the things that people get like big rushes from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love, you know, for me, it's always habits is all about 
making what's good for you easy and what's making what's bad for you more difficult. Like if picking up the phone is really driving you to, you know, in, in putting a wedge between you and your relationship or your health or your work, <laughs> then, you know, ideally don't have the phone in the, in the bedroom if you can help it. Cause then that just makes it easier. It's just like, let's say somebody doesn't feel good when they eat bread, but they love bread and, and the waitstaff brings bread to the table. It's easier to say no upfront than having it sit there and just like, no, no, 50 times during dinner, right? And so set up the environment for you to win. Yeah, I, I think that that'd be pretty, pretty wise. You were, you were talking a little bit yesterday about uh, the morning routine. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now I've heard a lot of people talk about morning routine. Every one of these like books about like billionaires, they're like, oh, every billionaire has like the same morning routine, yeah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, and this is something that I really appreciate about what you do is that it becomes practical when you do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. they go, every billionaire is the same morning routine. Like they wake up, you know, they brush their teeth. It's like, oh, yeah, poor people have that too. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's the thing making them a billionaire. Yeah. But what you were talking about was brain state. Yeah, yeah. So Can um, you get into that a little bit? Yeah, I believe the treasure we seek is hidden in our in our routines. And, uh, you know, and where we pick up these routines, probably when we're kids or somewhere along the way that we didn't sit down and design what would be best. Um, I'm, I'm probably part to blame for that. There's a video out there. If you search billionaire morning routine, yeah. somebody took one of my interviews and kind of clickbaited it. So it looks very catchy and has 7 million views. Um, I wouldn't say having spent some time with some very wealthy individuals. Yeah. Not, they, they don't do all these things. No. Not at all. But um, yeah, my, my thing is, if you want to win the day, you got to win that first hour of the day because you want to get some momentum, right? And so my day, some of the things to think about, first, my day starts the night before because you really need to get a good night's sleep. And I, I don't know who I'm talking to, but if you're hustling at the expense of your sleep, the challenge is you can't cram. If you're going to run a marathon, you can't just wait the night before and just, you know, exercise seven hours that night, right? Or if somebody is going to go, you know, play play basketball, you, you know, for a big game, you can't just cram the night before things. Certain things take a natural process. And I would say, uh, you know, going to bed, uh, maximize. How's your sleep? Eh. Yeah? Yeah. It's okay. I mean, we have, you know, these dogs kind of wake us up a little bit, but I'm getting to sleep earlier I would say seven hours a night, maybe yeah. six, seven hours a night. Is you that feel, enough? Do you feel rested when you wake up? Not really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, th I think that, and, and people are watching this, they're young, they could plow through it, but it's just important to have these, these habits early on when you can. Yeah. And nobody gets this perfect, right? The goal is not perfection. It's just making some kind of progress. What is the right amount of sleep? So, um, and how do I stop peeing in the middle of the night? Yeah, that, yeah. Does that, that count against my my REMs? It, it, it could, yeah, it certainly could affect your sleep. I would say it's not the quantity of your sleep; it really is the, the quality. You you know these like sleep devices like Aura Ring and stuff like that yeah, that yeah. measure sleep. So for it's the deep sleep and it's the REM sleep. The deep okay. sleep is when you repair your body. The REM sleep is where you restore your mind. And so it's not just the quality. Some people get eight hours and they still feel like exhausted. You know, and so it's the quality of the sleep. So um, we can't manage anything you can't measure. So I would recommend people kind of do a sleep study, stuff like that. I, my sleep, uh, I don't talk about this a lot, but um, for five years, I slept 90 minutes a night. Yeah, it, it, it was it was rough. And this was in the really the, the height of my, my career and, uh, you know, maybe two hours total. And I would wake and I found out I was misdiagnosed. I had a sleep test and I have um, severe sleep apnea. 
and I don't know if anyone knows what that is, but it's a breathing disorder. Yeah. And uh, usually I, for fat people, right? Yeah, because what happens is, as you gain weight, especially in the neck area, it yeah. const- it restricts your your airflow, mm. and so you wake up not being able to breathe. And mm. for me, it wasn't a, a weight issue; it's just a g- genetic thing. I found out later my parents have sleep apnea, both of them. My brother and my sister also do, and I would stop breathing two hundred and like twenty times a night, and each time was at least a count of 10 seconds. So imagine, so the doctor at UCLA was like, no wonder you're in such bad shape. It's like somebody coming in 200 times a night and putting a pillow, pillow on, your, on your face. Yeah, and you're waking up suffocating, I couldn't breathe. And I would use a CPAP breathing device, yeah, yeah. you know, a dental device, which is real sexy. Night, babe. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Darth exactly. Vader for the rest of the yeah, evening. Exactly, and so I would do all these things and still wouldn't move it. And mm. eventually I was, um, I was having breakfast with um, with Larry King, and he, he's like a big role model, like where we live in L.A. and and you know one of my mentors, and he brought me, literally walked me into his uh, ENT to get analyzed, and I and I actually got diagnosed properly, and uh, we went to the head of uh, UCLA surgery, and they they did this surgery on me where they took out my tonsils, my uvula, my soft palate, extremely painful to create more place, uh, you know, a place where I could breathe. Yeah. And that helped a lot. So I went from there to about four or five hours and that was life changing for me, you know? And I don't know so, how you slept for 90 minutes. It, for you know what it was? Years. It's, and that's why I wrote this book, part of it. And there's a whole area of sleep that I really became like, you know, like read every book, talked to every, every expert on the subject. Yeah. But, it, but when you don't sleep and I'm just, I don't know who I'm talking to right now who's struggling with this, yeah. you know, it impairs everything. Like your, your temperament, your feelings, your relationship, you know, you, how you could think and focus, how you can remember things. So a few sleep tips. What I do the night before my evening routine is I want to make sure your brain loves continuity and consistency. So going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time, even on the weekends is a big score. I know it's not easy. Yeah. All right. So nothing about success and performance is easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm just saying it's worth it. Right. And so going to bed at the same time, um, having it dark because, you know, with modern day conveniences, you know, with lighting and screens, we fool our brain. There's the blue light in your screens for your devices that fool your brain to thinking it's still daylight. And so it doesn't produce the melatonin and help you relax and go to sleep. You know, the other trigger besides light is temperature. You know, back when you're hunter gatherer, you knew to go to sleep because it, the lighting dipped and so did the temperature. But in controlled environments, you know, it doesn't get cold in right. your home. And so making your, your room a little colder will help you sleep, get that restorative sleep. You kind of hibernate, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah. And, uh, and before I go to bed, the, one of the best things you could do is go through just your day. You know, people can't remember things. Following day or no, what you like did? Like what you did that day. Okay. So there's something called episodic memory. And episodic memory is very useful because... You notice even with the, with the pandemic, it's really exasperated this, where days blended together. I can keep going. No, no, no. This like, is you don't so know. relatable. Yeah. There was a time where you couldn't even ask me what day it was. Yep. We'd just been working straight through. I don't know yeah. if it was a Tuesday, it was Thursday, especially you're not going out. There's nothing on TV. Exactly. There's nothing like positioning your week. That's yeah. so true. Okay. Because you're not going to the movies, you're not going out to restaurants or clubs or, or whatever. Yeah, you could peg the week to these different events and they yeah. weren't happening. Because you don't have those distinctive things that stand out in your memory, so they all blend for days, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's your episodic memory. And so what you could do is just spend, as you go to bed, 
take three minutes. And so there's no such thing as a good or bad memory. And, and some people think, oh, yeah, I, I, actually, there's a trained memory and an untrained memory. And what are the... So, so there's no such thing as good or bad memory when people say I have a bad memory. It's just you haven't trained your memory because we weren't taught how to do that. And one of the things you could do is simple exercise that anyone could do is at the end of the night when you're lying in bed, just take three minutes, close your eyes, and just review your day. Right? What did what did you put on? What were you wearing? What did you eat for breakfast? Who? What calls did you make? Right? And that helps to train your brain, so you start remember. A lot of people don't remember what what happened, you know, that day or yeah. who they talked to. Yeah. And these the thing the reason why memory is so important is because, you know, I lost when I was going through these uh, learning challenges. And my uh, my grandmother was my my primary caregiver, right? Because my parents always had all these jobs and stuff, and and so. When I was going through my challenges, she um, at five and six started showing the signs of dementia, Alzheimer's. Yeah. And if anyone, you know, my heart goes out to you. If anyone has my pops. Yeah. 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 All right. So you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like yep. she would call me by my dad's name. Uh, she would say something she just said 45 seconds ago. Yeah. And when people lose their memory, it feels like they're lo- they lose who they are. Mm. You know? So while we teach people to remember facts, figures, formulas, whatever, it's really about remembering your life, remembering your loved ones, remembering your lessons, right? Those those special moments. But um, that really affected me early on, and that's why, you know, I dedicated you know the, the all the proceeds of the book to Alzheimer's research, mm. children's education, because we're so passionate about that. But that just broke my heart, and it just made me think about you know, what's good for the, for the brain. And if you're not sleeping, that could really add, they, they say your genetics, because I'm concerned because that's, you know, genetic, your genetics loads the gun, right? But your lifestyle is what fires it. And so that's why it's so important to, 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 to treat yourself well, and especially your brain, because your brain controls everything, right? You want to change, you change your brain, you change your life, you change your brain, you change your world. Mm. You know? So, so the night before, you reflecting yeah. on the day. I go through the day for a few minutes. And it's just, hey, what are some events that happened today? Yeah. I just want to log the these. More, after a week of doing it, you, you start getting more and more clarity. You start remembering the things you know, okay. like that, that, are, that are special. And then what I do is I pull one or two little things out of that day that I'm just grateful for. Right. So you have this, this sympathetic and parasympathetic state. And the parasympathetic state is the state rest and digest, mm. right? And that's the state, you know what the best way, one of the best ways to get in that state is gratitude. Dude, this gratitude thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it about? <laughs> Tell me. You know, I, I really think gratitude rewires your brain because it, first it's, of all, it It's teaches, one of these hacks. I, yeah. I want you to explain it to us, but it's one of these hacks that like you have to experience it in order, you have to experience it in order to understand why it works. Yeah. It's like Burning Man. Like, I don't know if you've ever been a Burning Man or like even Game of Thrones. You know, like you ever try to describe the show Game of Thrones to somebody? You just sound like a nerd. You're like, oh, there's dragons. And then you're like, no, just watch it. It's really good. Yeah. The gratitude thing is the same way. Just be grateful for what you have. It's so easy yeah. in practice. But the moments where I feel like truly grateful, Yeah. right? You're like tingling. Yeah. If Is it that easy? Is that easy yeah, to yeah, just sit yeah, down yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Man, I had a great meal today. That everything bagel was unbelievable. And then literally you're rewiring your brain in that moment? Yeah, so you could rewire your, your nervous system because gratitude tells you that there's enough, you know, and especially in a world full of stress, a mm. world full of fear, mm. you know, chronic stress shrinks our brain. Uh, you know, when your adrenaline and cortisol puts you in fight or flight or freeze, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna study your best. You're not gonna do your best in your job. You're not gonna be there for, for your loved one as much when you're just fight or flight. 
you know, are frozen. And so the antidote to fear, I think, is gratitude. You know, chronic fear actually suppresses your immune system, you know, which is very topical right now. It's an area of science called psychoneuroimmunology, but it makes you more susceptible to colds, the flus, the viruses. So controlling that, and I think, you know, when you feel grateful, and most people are like, I- I'm going to wait till I have something to be grateful for. It's like, you don't have to wait for a greater life to feel grateful. If you feel grateful, you'll have a greater life for sure. For sure. And okay. here's, here's, here's a simple thing, yeah. exercise, practical, people could do. You know, make a list, take out, take out a piece of paper and write down, like I, I imagine a lot of people want to feel wealthier, right? Write down everything that you have in your life that money can't buy, that you wouldn't trade for money. Relationships, your sense of sight, your whatever, your any semblance yeah. of your health, just all that. Or here's one, what if... The only things you had in your life tomorrow mm. were the things you expressed gratitude for today. You know, simple, simple exercise. Mm. You know, and and the reason why you do that is because, you know, tomorrow is not promised. You know, that's why it's so important for your loved ones and everyone just to, sh- you know, to show and tell them because we, we don't know, right, you know, what, what tomorrow brings. It's an it's a interesting flip, though, because a lot of people, what is stressing them out the most is tomorrow. Yeah. So it's a crazy thing to get their mind to go from, fuck, tomorrow's going to be so horrible to, hey, you might not even have tomorrow. Because yeah. I'm sure some of them on some level are going, well, that'd be nice if I didn't have to deal with tomorrow. Not saying that they should yeah. do anything about that, but it is, a, it is a very different perspective for most people. Yeah, a lot, a lot of this practice, I mean, it, it, the bad news is it takes work. Yeah. The good news, I don't think it takes as much as people think. Yeah. You know, it's a lot... You know, when you do the easy things in life all the time, which is just putting things off or procrastinating or mm. just like binge, whatever, distraction, then life gets hard, though. You know, when you just mm. do easy things in life, life gets very hard. But if you do the hard things in life, life somehow gets a little bit easier. Mm. You know, when you have that difficult conversation, you know, or the things that you don't like working out, the things that are difficult, mm. life gets a lot easier also as well. I want I want you to keep going on, yeah, yeah. on what happens the next morning. But uh, at some point, I do want to touch on like, what stress does to not only memory, but like performance, you know, like the times where I'm feeling like my most confident, I feel like I can perform the best. And I feel like these ideas are coming into my brain. Like it's amazing. These synapses are just firing. And the times where I'm like scared or nervous, self-conscious, it's like my brain is a empty void. Like I just, I'm just sitting there going, is something going to happen? Is a joke going to come to my mind? Am I going to have anything interesting to say at all? Why could fear induce a a reaction that would like limit my ability to succeed in that moment yeah i I think emotions um for me my point of view with emotions is they're uh, they're like signposts you know when you feel sad or you feel guilty or you feel afraid you know i think each of those emotions are to signal something you know emotions it's like the energy of motion it's like if you feel fear of, hmm. you know, giving a toast at a wedding, I think that fear is useful because it gets you to prepare. You know, right? There's some kind of emotion yeah, it's a there. driving force. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, how yeah. you feel before you go on stage. Is it just are you you done it so much that you could just kind of roll out of bed at four a.m. and just? Yeah, I mean, there's sometimes we're really excited. Like I know if there's a, a new joke or a new idea I want to talk about, I'm really excited. Yeah. I, I I can't wait to get to the point where I'm gonna talk about it. And sometimes I'll try to like do it in the middle of my set. And then everything before that, I'm just unenthusiastic about, and it just it doesn't play. go. So I just got to start with the new thing that I'm passionate. I can kind of ride that passion, but 
But yeah, I could see situations where I maybe like feel nervous and I've got to almost like fake it till I make it. Yeah. Like you like set up these, I'm sure with your, uh, you know, performances as well. It's like you set up these structures where you concede even if, where you can succeed even if you're like so nervous. Yeah. And I try to do that. I'm sure comics try to do that with a set. And sometimes there's like, I don't know, comfort within the structure, I guess. There it's is. There's safety. Exactly. And also that structure that you set up for yourself gives you flexibility too. You know, so I can always go back to the structure yeah. if I need it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So you have like a little safety net there, but allows you to go a little, you know, take some risks. And that's, that's amazing. You know, I I think there, that excitement you feel, and it's very close to fear, right? That the feeling of fear and excitement, your heart's beating, maybe you're you're like, yeah, yeah. They're like same coin, different sides, right? Yeah. yeah. But attaching a label to it, you know, I think that, that the words we use are the language of our mind and, and the feelings that we feel is like the language of our body. Yeah. But when we put a label to it, then all of a sudden, like if somebody gets fearful of public speaking, which is a, a lot of people, yeah. you know, calling it and kind of reframing it like this is excitement just changes what it feels like, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of people in the entertainment world that are really phobic of that kind of work, you know, yeah. sometimes, but you know, some people transform it and they do. It's like with, um, with athletes, right? You ever see like athletes before they get in the ring or before they go, you know, play a game of basketball or something like that, they're going, let's go, jumping up and down, yeah, slapping yeah, yeah, yeah. fighters oftentimes before they get in the ring, they're hitting themselves in the face and maybe that's it. They're trying to take those those anxious nerves and turn them into yeah. excitement. It's like the energy is running through your system regardless. Yeah. Like what are you going to do with that energy? Okay, so now you're, you're getting ready to bed. You reflect on the day, you've been grateful yeah. Next. And, then, and then the last thing I do is I set some kind of, and now again, you don't have to do all these things. You're just some suggestions that don't take a lot of time. Right. But I would ask people to not judge it, but just test it because ultimately you are your best expert, right? Yeah. So don't, don't look at somebody else, but just test it for you and maybe it works for you. Like some people are really good on kale. Some people like hate kale. So don't, don't do it. Right. Kale like the salad. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, like okay. that. For yeah, the, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, not everything's for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody's for everything. Leafy so greens, be, leafy greens. Yeah, good memory. Good memory. Very good memory. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, dude, yeah. We, we did it today and there was like three, no, it was the last night. Yeah. We went out for a couple of drinks last night, so maybe we were a little yeah, bit, yeah. a little bit intoxicated, and the four of us were just going, "What is it? Blueberry? Really? <laughs> oh yeah, it was That's locked. Amazing. It was so impressive. We'll get to what yeah, that yeah, is yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a little confusing, yeah. but okay, we're getting yeah, to so bed. the last thing I do is I, I just want to remind people that the power of their mind. Um, I have a question: Have yes. you ever had to wake up early, particularly early, and you set the alarm and you kind of obsess about it a little bit? But have you ever woken up within minutes? of your alarm going off yeah, or yeah, seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's unbelievable. Like, how does that right. happen, right? And it's before, it's, well, obviously it's always before, right? But <laughs> sometimes what happens is I'll wake up and then I set the alarm for p.m. instead of a.m. Oh, wow. But you I'm know. up. Yeah. And it's almost like I've, I baked in a time Yeah. to my biological clock to like get me, a, yeah, it's isn't so that, weird. Isn't that remarkable how powerful, like you, that intention or the power of your mind mm-hmm. to be able to wake up within moments of your alarm going off? And that's a good thing because you said it for PM especially. Yeah. But like, what if we use that power of our intention or our mind before we go to bed to maybe set another intention besides waking up? Maybe thinking about a problem or thinking about a new set or a joke, something that you, you know, you see when you, when you learn or study all day or you work on your business, your brain doesn't shut off at night. It's actually more active and it's, what is it doing? It's consolidating your short to long-term memory. It's integrating all the things that you've learned and it's coming up with ideas Mm. like these gems. Like when you dream, we'll probably spend 
like 20 years of our life sleeping, yeah. maybe three to five full years dreaming. It's three crazy. to five years. That's a lot of time, right? <laughs> so insane to think it's, about. It, yeah, 20 exactly. 20 years it's, knocked out. That's so, it's, it, it, it is, right? And so three to five years dreaming, and you're dreaming, like, I, I mentioned this, like, last night, that Mary Shelley came up with Frankenstein in her yeah. dream. Yeah, yeah. Paul McCartney came up with the song yesterday in his dream. Yeah. You know, Elias Howe created this sewing machine in his dream, a chemist created the periodic table dream. What are we dreaming yeah. about? And so sometimes I dream and I bomb on stage. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not finding my masterpiece at all. Not finding that, yeah, yeah, that, that. <laughs> I'm but just going, if, I got to not do that joke. <laughs> but imagine like using that intensity of intention of waking up at a certain time and yeah. you do it to kind of pro maybe like, I don't know, program is a weird word, but just asking yourself a question that you really want to know the solution for and let your brain work on it throughout the night. Love and, it. Uh, and maybe you, you happen to dream about those things. So that, that's what I do. When I wake up in the morning, I, um, the first thing I do actually is remember my dreams. I, I feel like that I just, if, if my dreams are there, I have a, I just have right by my nightstand. I'm curious what you have up by your nightstand. Uh, it's like I have a, a glass of water, a yeah. book, a fiction reading book that I read sometimes before I go to bed. Cause I don't want to read anything like real heady in mm -hmm. my executive brain, but fiction is a nice way of decompressing. And I have like a little journal, like nothing fancy, a little notebook, but I just write my dreams in there each morning. Okay. And it trains myself to pay attention to my dreams have you heard of this uh, idea of lucid dreaming? Yeah, I've yeah. actually done it. Really? In like pretty intense ways. Naturally? Since yeah, you were a kid? Or? Yeah, just naturally like fly when I want to. And yeah. I've been able, and it's quite often what happened to me in a dream is I'll go, oh, I'm dreaming. Oh, cool. And sometimes I can go, I know I'm dreaming, so it's time to fly. And I just fly. And there's sometimes where I go, I know I'm dreaming, yeah. fly. And I can't. You can't. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, if people listening to this, they might be seeming like really weird because they yeah. never experienced this. They call it lucid dreaming. This is not common. People don't. No, it's it's it 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 is common for some people, but it, uh, not often for a lot of really? people. Really, they never experience. So, lucid means you're aware, and so lucid dreaming is you're aware that you're asleep and dreaming, and uh, and some people do it naturally, right? And for those who don't do it naturally, like anything else, you could train yourself to be able to do it. And it's wonderful because if you're spending three to five years of your life dreaming, then you can pick up that time and, you know, what can you do? You can live out fantasies. You can meet people. You can learn things. You can go on adventures, do all these things yes. and still get the restorative benefit of sleep, right? So it's a wonderful. And one of the tricks that we talk about to lucid dream, I did a podcast episode on this, is just train yourself throughout the day. Ask yourself this simple question, is this a dream? So simple, right? <laughs> yeah, is this yeah, a dream? Yeah, yeah. You ask yourself a hundred <laughs> times a day, and then the first time the answer is yes, then you're lucid dreaming, right? Because remember, you obsess about something, you know, throughout the day, and you start dreaming about it. Yeah. yeah. What if you start asking yourself that question, or yeah. you start looking at your hand, and just like every time you look at your hand, you just think about your dreams, and then when you look at your hand, you know, when you're when you're in a dream, and it yeah. reminds you of that. But um, so I write down my dreams and uh -huh. I get these little these little gems. And then the second thing I do when I when I get up is I, I actually don't get out of bed. I don't touch my phone. All right. Because I think successful people, we all have a to do list. Yeah. Everybody who's listening, you have your to do list. But I think the people that are like really make like crushing it, they also have like a not to do list. You know, whether it's explicit or it's just something that they just won't. These non-negotiables that it's there's this book, Good to Great by Jim Collins says you have to yeah. say no to good so you can say yes to, to what's great. on your not to do list yeah and so on top of that list should be not touching your phone 
right? The the first half an hour to the last half an hour of a day. And that should be something there. Certain things that you just won't won't indulge in, or um, and you know what you could do is just when it comes to your brain. I spoke uh, on the brain. I always wear brain shirts because I, I think it's so important to take care of your brain. Is ask yourself: Is this good for my brain or is this bad for my brain? You know, before every activity or food that you eat or things that thoughts that you have, people that you spend time with, because you know it's kind of Warren Buffett has this thing where he says, says a thought experiment says when you're 16, imagine you're gifted a car. But this car is the car you're going to have for the rest of your life. You know, how well would you take care of that car? You know, you would, right? But this is, think about it. The vehicle we have is our body, (laughs) you know, our mind, and we got to take care of it. So the first thing I do is I, I come up with this thought experiment that I came up with years ago. And I said, okay, instead of just waking up and hoping I have a great day, what, what has to happen in order for me to feel that way? Uh, my friend Clay Bear, he has this uh, champagne moment idea. He says that when they crack open champagne at a sporting event, it's very clear who won, right? And what has to happen on the scoreboard for you to just be yeah, celebrating. Yeah, yeah. But we don't have that for our for life, our and we yeah. don't even have that for our day. Yeah, yeah. So imagine you're coming back at home, and you know your fiance asks, "How was your day?" And you're like, "Today was amazing." Yeah. And then just ask yourself, what had to happen in order for me to feel that way? That's you know? gonna piss her off if every day is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for this. But there's three awesome. things, like you know, yeah. like maybe three things at work, three things for personal, and they don't yeah. have to be big things. But yeah. just come, maybe come up with those things before you get out of bed and just say, "Hey, these three things. If I do this, this, and this, then it was a great day." And then you get out of bed. Next thing you could do, make your bed, and that's so simple and it, it's so no brainer. But I believe. Are you the initial make your bed guy? Yeah, (laughs) I've been talking about it for 20 years. Jordan Peterson is also, you know, Jordan Peterson, right? He has also popularized make your bed. Yeah. But he might be taking your material. I I don't, I don't know that. I need to sit down with you. No, no, no. I wouldn't say he he is. I mean, it's 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 obviously many people make their bed, so I'm not. I don't. I thought you started it. No, you know. (laughs) I thought people weren't making their beds before until I started talking about it. No, I I, 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 died. That was the fun part about going to the hotel. made yeah there there you go i mean who doesn't love a well-made bed right yeah but um your brain loves a clean environment Mm. and my things is all about your brain so you do it because your brain loves a clean environment and i believe excellence is a habit that if you could take two minutes do it well you could potentially take that habit into other areas of your life i have never made my bed yeah in my whole life what I've never made it. Sometimes if a what girl it, was coming over, I would just like do this with the blanket <laughs> yeah, that's, and then I'd set it. I, I do not make the bed. It's so weird. Yeah. What if you did? Like one time. Like what, what, if, what if tomorrow? Yeah. Like, you know, after you guys get up and you just started making the bed, would that freak her out? Guys, if I become a billionaire because I started making my <laughs> Yeah, bed. I'm not making that claim either. <laughs> no, she actually makes the bed. Yeah. And that's something that like a habit that she's built. And don't get me wrong. It looks great. It's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm yeah. not saying I know whether or not Elon Musk and everybody makes their bed and everything else like that. Yeah. Norm, I would make that claim. Yeah. But I would just say test it out. I mean, every once in a while, like throw, throw a curveball and start making the bed and just like, you know, is there something about like having a success in the beginning of the day? Yeah. I think there's a science of momentum, right? Yeah. And success breeds success. Yeah. And if you get good at things that really don't matter, then you could take that into the things that, that, that do, you know, even little things like right after that, um, drinking water, simple thing, but right the night before I'll put a glass of water there, like my beds, like my nightstand and I'll drink it because you could lose up to a pound of weight just through respiration and perspiration 
you know, just losing water and staying hydrated. Your brain is 75% water. Yeah. It's so a no brainer. It could boost your reaction speed, your thinking speed, 15 to 30%. Just staying hydrated, man. Like, and you have a lot of water, you know, at, at the table here, but just drink some water. I, when I do it, I, I just down a couple of probiotics because that's good for your, your second brain, which is your gut. Yeah. You know, and then I do three minute exercise. And there's an ex- there's a, a study done at Appalachian State University. I'm gonna get a little geeky here, but they said for weight management and better sleep, when's the best time to exercise? Morning, afternoon, or evening? And they tested groups at 7 a.m., 1 p.m., and 7 p.m. And they found it was 7 a.m. Mm. Doesn't have to be your full workout, mm. but if you just did three minutes of you know what's good for your heart's gonna be good for your head, get some blood flow and oxygen there. Push ups, sit ups, um, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, burpees, uh, jumping jacks, whatever for three minutes then those individuals got upwards of 75% deeper sleep just doing that for a few minutes first thing in the morning, you know, and so it jumpstarts your metabolism, you get some oxygen in your, in your brain. They slept and deeper the next night, even though night, they were working out. That night in the doing seven, yeah. Huh. And the most important thing you do for your sleep actually is get sunlight. If you, and it's tough sometimes during the seasons, but yeah. if you could expose yourself to a few minutes of, it resets your circadian rhythm. Hmm. So if you have sleep issues, getting into What is that? Sun. I've heard that before, circadian rhythm. What is yeah, that? Yeah, it's, it's a 24-hour biological clock that we have. And so that's why it's so important to have consistency. But it's hard, you know, this, uh, you know, with all, the whole pandemic and everything, people are stressed. They, they, is that why jet them. lag is difficult? Yeah, Does very it upset much so. your you circadian? Know, and that really, you know, when I talk about my sleep issues, going to different continents, you know, and touring and, and doing those things, you know, sleeping in foreign environments, like, you know, at ho- it's really bad when you're a memory expert, you wake up, you don't remember what city, that you're in, you know what I mean? You're in some <laughs> yeah. kind of stale hotel room and you have a, you know, a gig that night and everything. And it's, you know, it's, it's tough, but it could really mess up those rhythms. And then you just, you're on different time. Clock. So your brain has its own clock. Yeah. And it knows what time it likes to go to bed and knows what time it likes to wake up. Yeah. And there's all these like cues in the environment to let us know when it's time, even though these outside sources like our phones and like our air conditioning, our heat in our home are kind of manipulating that circadian rhythm a bit. Of what was natural and organic before. Right. So if we're like, you're saying we're out there like camping. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be things that wake us up. A fucking wolf yeah. is going to howl. Like that has to be kind of baked into our sleep. You're not supposed to sleep eight hours straight through. You'd die. Yeah. I mean, you know, things, certain things that could wake you up. And so sound makes a difference also as well. So you have light, you have temperature. I guess what I'm saying is like sound. we should be able to like wake up a little bit and go back to sleep. But yeah. That should be baked into our yeah, DNA. Yeah. Falling back to sleep is different. You know, like a lot of people could go. Uh, some people have trouble falling asleep. How's that for you? I think I'm pretty good there. Yeah. So the latency, yeah. it happens within, you know, a handful Unless of I have to wake up early. Yeah. And then there's that anxiety of like, uh, now it's only five hours of sleep. Uh, now yeah. it's like four hours so of sleep. So the rumination of that, Ugh. that could create, you know, and that stress puts you in the sympathetic mode and takes you out of that parasympathetic. Parasympathetic, yeah. rest and digest. You know, that's what happens. Those what things. do you got for that? What do we do then? Yeah. So have you ever wake up? Flight we're yeah. worried about, yeah. Do you wake, so if you wake up, um, in the middle of the night, mm. right, to go to the bathroom or whatever, do you can you fall back to sleep? Yeah. Oh, so that's great. Because a lot of people, their their other challenges, they can't fall asleep, insomnia, or they wake up and they can't fall back to sleep in the middle of the night or mm. stay asleep, mm. you know, and then that's different. You know, one of the simple things people could do for falling asleep, um, whether it's in the middle of the night or not, is just doing a simple relaxation exercise of scanning your body and just going from, you know, your toes to the top of your head and just say, it's like, 
something simple like thank you toes and go to your feet or ankle <laughs> something like that but most people won't make it all the way through they'll just fall asleep because it's such a boring mm. process you know what i mean but it gets them in their body as opposed to in their mind yeah kind of like counting you know sheep or whatever that's what i would do i try to like just count breaths I, it like kind of yeah. pseudo meditation type thing but for whatever reason i'd stop thinking about whatever i was worried about and i'd kind of focus on the breaths and, and yeah, it, would, it would work yeah i guess I, yeah, I guess a, a little bit. Okay, so that is your so sleep then, yeah, routine. Yeah, so then I, I then I get up and I, I do the exercise, and then um, simple things that you mentioned, even in passing, simple things to challenge your brain, like brushing your teeth. You know, yeah. I, so that I probably originated over twenty years ago, uh, brushing your teeth with the opposite hand, mm. and uh, you know, I'm a big proponent because when you use a different part of your body, yeah. it actually stimulates a different part of your brain. And we know that, that if somebody has a stroke um, or a head trauma on one part of their side of their brain, if there's paralysis, it'll happen on the other side. That one side of your brain controls the opposite side of your body. Gotcha. But recent research has shown that when you use the other side of your body, it actually stimulates that part of your brain. It's not one way, it's actually back and forth. There's a study done at Oxford University that says jugglers learning to juggle actually builds, makes your brain bigger. You create more white matter. I don't know if you could juggle, but if you could watch- I can do three. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So yeah. just doing that actually creates more white matter. And so using your body, as your body moves, your brain grooves. And uh, so challenge eating with the opposite hand or brushing your teeth with the opposite, not only does it stimulate a different part of your brain, yeah. but also it forces you to be present. In the beginning, you're not going to be good at it. And so it forces you to be right here. Yeah, and as opposed yeah. to like your mind going everywhere and being distracted and flexing your distraction muscles, and later you can't pay attention on a Zoom call. There's a, I, for exercise, I, I box, right? And uh, one of the things I enjoy the most about it is um, doing the pad work. I can't get lost in my thinking. Yeah. It requires so much of that like cognitive energy for me to keep up with these different combinations that my coach is, is saying. And uh, it's just really great for that reason. Yeah, sparring is... Oh, I mean, sparring's next level, right? Sparring yeah. is like you're in survival mode, and that's just that's so much fun. But there's also like a heavy cost yeah. for how fun it is. But yeah, every second you're like, am I planning on something? Am I defending something? But those types of exercise, maybe that's why we're drawn to it. Yeah, where you can put your mind into your muscle, like great things like that are good for your brain. Um, those kind of exercises, pad work, uh, uh, ballroom dancing, great for the brain. I grew up in a ballroom dance studio. That yeah, I mean, that's yeah. why that's why you're so sharp, right? Uh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. um, like table tennis, like all these activities actually stimulate not only your muscles but also your mind. Huh. Yeah, and huh. so it's good to challenge. And this is all about mental fitness, right? Yeah, you know, we, we, why don't we think about our brains like any other muscle in our body? That's something we can improve. It's almost like yeah. we have this kind of like passive attitude towards our brain this is the brain I was dealt with. This is my IQ. There's nothing I can do about yeah, it. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, how yeah. my memory is. And, and we just kind of like sit back as some passenger. None of my friends have ever said, you know what? I need to build up that part of my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ever once. We can build up every other part of our body. I'd like to get a six pack. I'm going to diet. I'm going to do abs and do all these things. Yeah. My memory sucks or my vocabulary is it's really small. It is. It's just what it is. Yeah. Why, why do we have that attitude? You know, I, I think there are a lot of, that this conversation really is about, it's about transcending. It's about ending the trance. You know, I think, there's this mass hypnosis. Maybe it's propagated through media or marketing that somehow mm -hmm. we're not enough, that somehow like our potential is fixed, mm. like our shoe size. Mm. We've discovered more about the human brain in the past 10 years than the previous thousand years combined. This makes me really happy because now we can make fun of dumb people because they're <laughs> just lazy. 
I think intelligence is not fixed and that if people use discipline and determination, then anything can get better. Dumb jokes are back. <laughs> there you go. Think about it, right? If it's a choice, if you're choosing to be dumb because well, you're not doing the things that you obviously can to improve. Yeah. I, I mean, especially the way we have unfeathered access to podcasts and YouTube. Dude, like, ignorance is a choice for sure today. You said you said something in the talk yesterday that was really great. It was like, what is the most efficient way to gain information? It's like, Somebody put their whole life in a book. Yeah, like decades of experience. Decade, you can get that in three days? Four days, yeah. Four days, whatever, however long it takes you to read a book. Like right now, this conversation, you've put your whole life into. I literally spent a fortune of time and money and everything that so people don't have to do that themselves. You lucky fucks. In, yeah, exactly. You're getting, you get this off early. Isn't that crazy? I, that's why I love, like if I... You know, like if I gave you a dollar, you gave me yeah. a dollar, same, nothing, nothing changes. Yeah. But if I share a new idea that's worked for me and you share an idea, yes. all of a sudden we have two brand new ideas and, you know, we could create change, right? That knowledge yeah. is not only power, it's like, and if knowledge is power, learning is our superpower. Yes. You know, so I think that the common trait behind all successful individuals, athletes, performers, yeah, like yeah, yeah. business individuals, whatever, is they just... They, they they study right you know they 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 are addicted to that growth you I, I want to get into a podcast I was listening of yours where you were talking about like a championship mindset you were yeah. one of your pods and one of the great things I love about your podcast is there can be like 11 12 minutes they're yeah, so yeah. digestible I, I almost hope that when you brand them you say that because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when people hear the word podcast they go oh this is gonna be an hour this is gonna be two hours this is yeah, gonna be three yeah. hours. you know Joe Rogan's podcast you know sometimes we did three hour episodes you know wow. But 11 minutes is so digestible. Yeah, for Spotify, it was one of the, they binge listened, you know, so it's very popular because. Each one is a life hack. Each one yeah, is this how way to remember names, can... how to learn languages, what are the best brain foods, how do you hack your sleep and, you know, do all these things, how you read faster. But uh, not to interrupt, but the there champion. was a thing you said yesterday, uh, before we get into yeah. the champion mindset thing, you, you said that uh, you have to think about your brain as a uh, computer. Yeah. And then. Your thoughts are the programs of that computer. Yeah. And the computer will execute those thoughts. Mm. So choose your fucking thoughts very wisely. You have a great Can memory. you expand yeah, on that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. the, the, there were those certain things that like really touched, touched yeah. me in there, man. Because there's all these people, if you have negative thoughts and your brain is just a computer, it's going to go, we're going negative today, baby. Yeah. A negative mind will never yield a positive life. It, it just can't. It's not possible. You know, people come to me all the time, even last night, and they say, hey, Jim, I got I got you know, in secret, like, I, you know, I just, I'm, I'm too old. I'm not smart enough. You know, I have had this, you know, I have a horrible memory. And I say, stop. If you fight for your limitations, mm. you get to keep them. So many of us unconsciously are always fighting for what we can't do. Yeah. And we just get, because our brain really is like a supercomputer and our thoughts are, are the program it will run. So if you tell yourself, I'm not good at remembering people's names, you will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you program your computer, you know, not to. And so I just would remind everybody that thoughts are things, that there is a biology to a belief, that literally when you have a new thought, mm. you're rewiring your brain for something. And we're always rehearsing either success or something else. Mm. And just whatever you're doing repeatedly, you're getting better at and monitor because your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk. And, you know, like if you wouldn't say it to like someone you love, then why would you say it? You to know, yourself. To your, exactly. Yeah. And I'm sure there is a fine balance with like recognizing the things that you want to change and yeah. improve upon. Yeah. 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 And also not limiting your ability to prove upon those things. So it's not like walking around 
lying thinking, to yourself all day. That's not Yeah, productive. and you don't even have to fake it to make it. I'm just thinking in, instead of maybe faking it to make it, maybe you face it until you make it, Ooh. right? That with, with challenge and you challenge yourself, then you'll change. Was that off the cuff? Because that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> that was really good. Add yeah, it. But if you Add t- it to the show. <laughs> Add it to That's the good, show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, but like, just like you challenge your body, like champions do, you know, yeah. like if you had to, if you want to grow your bicep, you, you know, you do your 10 reps. The one you at least want to do is number 10, but the one that gives you the most growth is number 11, right? You know what I mean? We challenge ourselves all the time. I think that if we had exercises that yield positive results with our brain, we yeah. would more, be more apt to uh, make those changes with our brain, right? We would yeah. believe that we could, you know, like the number exercise you did yesterday was great. Like you remembered like 30 fucking numbers in a row. I don't know how the hell you did it. Yeah. And, uh, and then you did them backwards as well. Right. Yeah. And I just remember going like thinking that moment, I was like, man, if I was eight years old and I did that in school, I would really think I could memorize anything. Yeah. You know, and it's such a shame that like at 37, I got to, oh, there's little techniques that I can learn to remember things a little better. I don't just have to like stare at it and repeat it three times or, you know, write it down on a piece of paper six times, whatever, like goofy techniques I had built. There are these, and and maybe you can expand on that a lot, but like, I don't know, it's really empowering knowing you can change this thing when like before that I thought, I don't really limit myself, man. I really don't limit myself, but I, I would say that the thing that was most limited for me would be my mind. Yeah. I never limit in terms of what I can achieve. I just go, well, I'll figure a way around it. That's amazing. But around maybe a limit that I might have here. Oh, okay. Well, I can't learn another language. I'm too old. I'll figure a way around it. I'll hire a Frenchman. You know what I mean? (laughs) But now I'm just like, I'll learn French. Fuck it. Yeah. That everything is figure outable, right? You eventually, if you're committed to doing that, that's a powerful core belief, right? Yeah. That if everybody had that, that they could figure out a way. Yeah. They're dedicated to it. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, your memory is the same thing that a memory can be improved, but going to somebody and saying, you know, focus or concentrate or remember is like going to somebody and saying like, play the ukulele who's never taken a class on that. They've never had any training. Right. And I'm just saying some basic skills of learning how to remember names or things that you want to remember or numbers that that's useful, whatever your outcome is. Cause not everybody wants to remember numbers, right? But maybe they want to remember poetry or they're, they want to, they want to be in a Broadway show or they want to remember, you know, a, a comedy set, you know, whatever they, whatever is important to them. Yeah. They could apply those same principles. Yeah. It was, it was great. You, uh, oh God, what was the acronym that you had for it? There was two, you did, there was mom and yeah. be suave. Wow. Yeah. I'm remembering them. Okay. So which one do you think was more appropriate for just memorizing just re- what, what do you think the most yeah. difficult thing is for the average person? Uh, most people complain about names and faces because it's something that they... they okay, let's do names. Really how do we lock in names? Yeah, I mean, it's just first of all, knowing how important it is is really important. You mentioned mom and yeah. so uh, MOM, another acronym, and we'll get back to FAST also. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, We're like, closing on FAST. Exactly. <laughs> but the M, um, so let's say... Uh, Anyone watching or listening to this, if they have trouble remembering names, which is 95% of the population, right? Um, But let's say that there was a suitcase of like a million dollars cash for anybody who remembers the name of the next stranger who's who's joining us. Who's going to remember that name? Everybody, right? And so the M in mom, the first M is motivation, right? And so I would say we're all great learners when we're motivated to learn. Right. If we're motivated and there's some kind of reward that comes from it. But I would just say that maybe connecting with the reason why studying something that but that's why we forgot a lot of things in school. Like what are we using 
the periodic table and the quadratic equation. What are we using that for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we yeah. probably don't remember it, right? right but right, if you right. ask yourself simple technique, a brain hack when you're meeting somebody, ask yourself, why do I want to remember this person's name? Maybe it's to show the person some respect. Maybe it's to make a new friend. Maybe it's to get a referral. Maybe it's to practice these things I learned on this podcast. You know, because if you can't come up with a reason, you won't get the result. Mm. And so it's so important when you read and study, if you're in school, if you're preparing for something for work, to tap into the purpose. Because without that motivation, you're probably not going to remember. Mm. The Owen mom was very simple. We did this kind of fun exercise where you shake out your hand, make a fist. You know, I told people to put it to their chin and everyone put it to their cheek because I was did it to my cheek yeah you know the o stands for observation Mm. and a lot of times people blame their retention and it's not your retention it's your attention Mm. you know because a lot of people they're not really listening what are they doing they're waiting for their turn to speak yeah they're thinking about how they're going to respond yeah yeah you know and if they're talking to themselves and listening they're not going to listen to the other person so they're not forgetting their name they're just not hearing the name so even if you take a word like listen you write it down and you do this little mental you know, gymnastics in your mind and switch the letters around, it spells another word perfectly. The word listen, it's when you scramble the letters, spells the word silent. And people could be so much better at remembering things if they were just quiet and silent. Yeah. You know, but a lot of times they won't because they're they're that monkey mind. Yeah. Sometimes they're just anxious. You know, they maybe yeah. want to impress somebody and they're yeah. not listening to what they're saying. And sometimes the most impressive thing to somebody who's just paying attention to them. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. that's, and then that's so interesting to me because so many people are trying to impress by being interested. Yeah, yeah. But Look how cool were, I am. Exactly. Hey, you're really cool. And that person goes, oh, I like being around people who think I'm cool. Exactly. And maybe it's not about being interesting, it's about being interested. Yeah. You know, to yeah, somebody, yeah, yeah, right? Because yeah, everybody yeah. wants to feel like they're heard and seen and, and ask questions because it's everyone's favorite topic. Yeah. And then finally, you know, motivation, observation, the last M is, are the methods that we talk about. Yeah. Like the B-swab and some of the other techniques about saying the name, repeating it, visualizing the person's name. and, and doing Yeah, yeah. What, what was that like? Um, putting their name? What did you, what was the example? Yeah. If somebody, Mary and then. Yeah, yeah like yeah. here's the thing that I would imagine a lot of people are joining us. They're better with faces than they are with names. Yeah. Right, you look at somebody and say, I remember your face, yeah. but I forgot your name. Yeah, yeah. You never go to someone and say the opposite. You never yeah. go to someone, I remember your name. <laughs> I remember your name, but I forgot your face, right? Dave, you look different. Right, exactly. And so the reason why is there's a proverb that goes, what I hear, I forget. What I see, I remember. Mm. What I do, I understand. What I hear, I forget. Heard the name, forgot it. Yep. What I see, the face, I'm gonna I remember recall. it. Yeah. And what I do, going back to practice, you know, practice makes progress, right? Practice doesn't even make perfect, makes progress. Yeah. Then you really understand. So I would say that when you visualize, since you tend to remember what you see, try seeing what you want to remember. So a person's <coughs> name is Mike. Imagine you meet a Mike and they, they just jump on the table and start seeing karaoke on a microphone, you know, a split second. And it makes you laugh. You're probably going to remember it because okay. it touches you emotionally. His name is Alex Media. Yeah. That's that, an that's invented great. name. That's an How are you going to remember? Yeah. So I would say that take the name and transform it into a picture. So if I say the word Alex, what do, what do you think of? Like uh, the person that comes to your mind. Right now, weird. Alex Trebek. There, there, there you go. That, that's yeah. amazing. And so if you can imagine Alex, right, and you can see the Jeopardy board and everything else like that, then that, that's a way of associating things together. Mm. You meet someone named Emma, right, and you think of, you know, like, oh, I have a relative that, that's like that. Or right. Emma, you know, like a famous Emma or something that right. sounds like it. So if a person's, you know, name is, I mentioned Andrew, you know, for something that sounds like. If you're playing Pictionary and you draw those ears, like sounds like, you know, when you have to think in pictures. And yeah, everything. yeah, yeah. You know, and somebody thinks about an android, they're not going to call you android, but 
Have you ever forgot someone's name and you start going through the alphabet? (laughs) Like, does it start with an A? Does it start with a B? And you get really nervous when you get to like W because there's not a lot of letters like after that. But sometimes E and you think of Eric, right? Or you think of D and you think of Dove or something like that. It just reminds you. So if you come up with something that sounds like like Mary, you know, the person's getting married all, all of a sudden. It's Carol singing Christmas carols. For me, David, whenever I meet someone named David, I think of a slingshot right to their nose. Because David and Goliath, Goliath right? He's and it's so idea, silly, yeah. but then it takes a split second and I can't forget it because when I leave that party or whatever later on, I was like, what did I do? That, what happened there? Oh, I shot him in the nose with a, a slingshot. What's so you name? create like David. a cartoon almost in your head of an activity that's associated with the name. It's a fun, you know what it does? It overcomes what I call the six second syndrome. When somebody tells you their name or you yeah. read, you have six seconds to do something with it. Otherwise yeah. it's gone in the ether. Right? You're never going to get it back. So when it does, it gets you to focus on the person and it gets you to focus on the name. So even when it doesn't work, it still tends to work because it gets you to concentrate and pay attention. Yeah. So if a person's name is uh, Mark, imagine you're putting like a little check mark on their forehead. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you would never forget that. And then that's what I remember. And once you know the person's name is Mark yeah. or Alex or anything else like that, then the picture disappears. I don't think of Jeopardy anymore, you know, because it was a means to an end. Yeah. Right. And, and how do kids remember names? They, yeah. Like, do they make, do you, do you have your name made fun of growing up or? Andrew, not really. Andrew no. Pandrew. I don't know. Not yeah. Really. That's what they'll do. They'll like, yeah. they'll, they had their songs about it. And you know, with name like quick, I got you know, like Nestle quick or whatever, like, yeah, all this yeah. stuff kind of stuff. Yeah. But that's how kids remember things. So using your imagination is definitely a plus. Mm, you yeah. Know? You also said, uh, <laughs> I think it was with the names you were, you were saying that you can, what was it? Put it in a scenario? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like if you, um, I think when you meet people with unusual names. Oh, yeah, yeah. Asking them yeah. what the etymology is, but just like, yeah, why are you named that? Like yeah, if, if I, you said my name's Alex Media, it'd be like, yeah, yeah like, why are you named Alex yeah, Media? Who are you named? Exactly. And yeah. everyone, I think a lot of people are flattered when you hear a name that you haven't heard before. But how did you word it? Because the way I say it is antagonistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Why are you named that? Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so when somebody tells name? you their name, yeah. like their, their name could be, I met, I met a Rudiger the other day, right? Yeah. I was like, you know, what's the origin? How do you spell it? You know, where, where, where's it from? Just right. Because curiosity, that interest, being interested in somebody. Yeah, yeah. Because remember, like we, we've all heard this, but like name is the sweetest sound to a person's ears. Like think about like one of the first words you learn how to write. And, you know, maybe grown up praising you for just doing it like sloppy yeah. and everything else, you know. And so a name is so important. And so taking that name, asking about how you spell it or who you named after or something like that takes in there's Plus, it just helps you to ingrain it also also as well. Hmm. And it's more than just names that you're doing that with, right? Yeah. Have, having a curiosity over anything is going to help you. Motivation and curiosity is going to. Somebody told me a story about um, Bill Clinton, uh, uh, not an X-rated one. And uh, they said, uh, he's, he was like, they were at a party with Bill Clinton. And they were at that party, and there was also some family friends who were at that party. And all of them left the party thinking that Bill Clinton found them to be the most interesting human being yeah. that has ever existed. Like, they all left the party with the exact same feeling. Like, yeah. that guy thought I was the best ever. He's got great taste. Yeah. And then when they reconvened afterward, they shared the story, and they're like, Oh fuck! This is just this guy's skill. Yeah, he has this amazing ability, and maybe it's like what you're saying. Maybe he wasn't entertaining. Maybe he was paying attention. Maybe he was interested. Yeah, I, 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 um, I met him briefly years ago, and like two years later, hmm. uh, I went to a charity event, 
and it was 2,000 people on this gala for, uh, you know, this this good cause. And I sit at my table I was assigned to. I was the first one there. And uh, when I sat down shortly afterwards, Forrest Whitaker sits right next to me, right? And then Richard Branson sits next to him. And I'm like, whoa, I think I got like sitting at the wrong. And then Ashton, <laughs> Ashton Kutcher sits down. Yeah. His twin brother sits down. Okay. And Bill Clinton sits right next to me. Get out And of I was just like, wow. And I, and I swear to you, he remembered my name. Really? Right? And we only talked for like a couple minutes, a few minutes before. Unbelievable. Like, and, and I was like, okay, he was fed that. Like he knew who was sitting at his table, clearly. And then I swear to you, he picks up the conversation we had two years earlier. No. Yeah. And I, and, and, I, and I was like, I need to know how you do this. You know, I'm the memory guy. And he starts talking to me about his grandfather in Arkansas, how in the living room he would tell stories to all the kids, but something different. He would quiz each of them individually to see if they were paying attention. And while he was explaining this to me, I was like, I, I got this eerie feeling because I felt like I was the only one in that room of 2,000 people. You know, has, have you ever met somebody that they're just so fixated mm. and you feel like you're the only one that exists? Mm. And, and I realized that his incredible memory, and regardless of politics, people would say that he has got this charisma, sure, great sure. connector, great communicator. Yeah. He's got this powerful presence. And I think his incredible memory and his powerful presence with people comes from being powerfully present with people. That his incredible memory and his powerful presence mm. comes from being powerfully present. Right. And, you know, when he, he's looking at you, he's like asking, you know, thoughtful questions. He's you, clearly he's listening with the idea that he wants to learn. Mm. And uh, and you feel like you're the only one. Exists. And there's many more important people in that room than me, certainly at that table than I was. Mm. But I felt like I was the only one. And so I thought I was the only one that was special. That, 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 <laughs> so, hate to break it to you. But yeah, but again. That's that, great that you asked him, though. And yeah. he was forthcoming with the information. He, very, very much so. And, so. So his father would tell a story. And then, or his grandfather yeah, would yeah, tell a story. Yeah. And then like during the story, I like, would just quiz them to see if they were paying attention to what was going on. <gasps> and I think that's an incredible art. You know, I, I had to, um, I got to, I mentioned Larry King and we did each other's uh, show yeah. and, uh, and he has this curiosity. He always thinks he's like the dumbest person in the room. I love it. You know, and he has no it. ego about it. Yeah. And he's just like very real. And when he asks a question, he sincerely, you know, yeah. you feel he sincerely wants to know the answer. Yeah. You know, and, you know, they say that, you know, if you're the smartest one in the room, you're in the wrong room wrong or whatever. Right. Yeah. But he has this genuine, caring sincerity, you know, and so it just comes so authentic. I wonder if um, an excellent memory increases self-confidence yeah because think about it like if every interaction you're having with a human being you can recall that last interaction yeah. you'd be pretty confident in that conversation you yeah. know something about that person you can always reference a past story picking up where you left off yeah. you're gonna baffle them i mean when clinton started that story again yeah you were taken aback right it, it, and i've seen some press thing but that just like yeah because you know he meets a lot of people yeah. He does it for a living. Yeah. yeah Literally just meets people. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, whoa. Yeah. When when you when you meet I think he's I, writing down these events, you think of, I, I I don't know about him, but I just know that there that this is a trainable skill mm -hmm. that's available for all of us. When because how are you gonna again show somebody you're gonna care for their business, their future, their if you don't care enough, just remember them. When you can remember their their fiance's name, right? Or you can remember important things about them, yeah. They they feel like like you care, right? And I think that that's such an important skill now and like not just business etiquette and networking i think it's an important skill in in life and every well we're all forgetful right mm. it happens to the best of us and yet we could be better 
And, uh, and it's worth it because even when it comes to names and faces, unfortunately, it's a standout skill. Because if you could walk into a room and meet 20 strangers and leave saying goodbye to every single one of them by name, who are they all going to remember, right? They're going to remember you. Mm. People remember people who remember them, right? And that's why it's so important, right? We, we, we learn these laws. It's like, it's like, it's what you know. And that's why we teach accelerated learning. So you can know a lot of information. So you can make good decisions other people can't make because mm. you know stuff, right? Uh, it's also who you know, right? And so you have to remember those people. But it's also who knows you, right? And people tend to remember people who remember them. And so that's why I think it's very important. It, it, it's And going back to confidence, I, I was the most, like, not confident person growing up because when you are labeled broken and you don't know anything <laughs> and you're not picked for it and you're not cool, you just like, like I spent time with all the, the, the geeks and the nerds because I, you know, I read comic books, play video games, right. Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. but I didn't have their grades, right? You know, at all. I remember when I was in elementary school. Yo, that's the I, like, worst. Like, A nerd, but that's dumb. I know. That, 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 that was me. So that was <laughs> no the poster way. boy for that. But like, I remember I was with all these smart kids and they, like, this, the teacher came in the classroom like we're playing these. Like, like what are you doing? Game. Exactly. <laughs> and the, the teacher was like, okay, class, we, we got, we, 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 we created this group in, uh, in the, in the school called MASP and, and it, it stands for more able student program. Yeah. And I wasn't, I was the only one that wasn't part of it in that group. And mm -hmm. so I, I grabbed somebody else that would fit that billing and not that billing. And, and we created a group called LASP less able student program, right? Because I just didn't fit in. <laughs> right. I just felt like I couldn't do it. So I was very not confident. My superpower was shrinking down because mm. I didn't want to be called on in class. Yeah. I'd sit all the way in the back, sit behind the tall kid, yeah. you know, being invisible. And I would do a book report, but if a teacher asked me to present it, I would lie and say I didn't do it because I was so not confident, huh. right? Because I don't, you don't want, when you're broken, you don't want the spotlight. You don't want to yeah, be yeah, seen yeah, or yeah. heard. And after everyone would leave, I would throw, I would walk out, take it out of my book bag, the book report, and throw it out. It's like it was a symbol I was throwing out my potential. Yeah. And so that was me. But going back to confidence, I think a lot of my confidence came from being competent. Right. When you have a good memory and you could remember things confidently, then Flip. it takes it. It's like, well, that's a lot of work to visualize. No, it's a lot of work to forget things all the time, mm. to look for those keys, to be able to find your phone, to be able to forget people's names. Right. And, and embarrass yourself and lose those deals and those relationships. And so, um, yeah, I think in psychology, it's actually called confidence, competence loop that the more confident, confident you are, conf yeah, the, yeah, the more confident the more confident you are at something, right. the more oh. confident you are. Yeah, 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 and because yeah. you're more confident, you're going to do that activity more, more and then you're going to get more confident and, yeah, and yeah. create momentum, right? Oh, that's so great. confident, confidence loop. And and so, yeah, that, that that when you're confident, it leads to greater competence. When you're competence, it leads to greater confidence. So most people right now are going, okay, well, where the fuck did you get the confidence to switch it? Yeah. It, that, like... Once you got the confidence, yeah, run with it. Great, yeah. let's go to the top. How do you start the loop? Yeah. Especially when you're at your lowest. Yeah, I was at my lowest for a good uh, decade and a half, every single day. Okay. You know, with with this label, I would struggle. You know, have anxiety and all these kind of issues. And I, I was introverted just personally, but because of my issues, I became very shy. Mm. And shy is different. Introvert, right? Introvert is just you know you like being by yourself. You replenish by yourself. Um, are you an introvert or extrovert? No, but. Uh, it's interesting that you make that distinction because there are people that they just don't need the validation of strangers constantly. Yeah. So we look at them, we're like, oh, you're shy. And they're like, no, I'm full. 
Yeah. I don't have the void you have, so I don't need yeah, you to yeah, tell yeah. me I'm great all the time. I'll just speak when I want to speak. Where there's performers, probably like me and many other comics and people in other fields as well, where we're like, I don't feel whole. Yeah. Am I funny? Am I whole? Yeah, yeah. Am yeah. I funny? Am I whole? We're good. Okay, now I'm whole. I got a couple of breaths of oxygen, as my buddy Neil Brennan puts it, yeah. and I can be good for now. So that's interesting to make that distinction. That's yeah. right. Shy is different than introverted. Yeah, I, I, shy is almost like a self-imposed introversion. You don't want to be. Yeah. You want to be friendly. You want to have these other people in your life that like you spend time with. You want to speak out loud. You just don't have the fucking confidence to do yeah. it. Oof. Yeah, crippling. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that. I mean, you do you think performers? A lot of them come from feeling not enough, and they that's what makes to grow up them to. It must. Yeah. Yeah, it must. I mean, like, I don't think it's. Uh, I, I think on some level, that's where like the. Mm, that's maybe the catalyst, yeah. you know, like that maybe is the spark, like not getting enough attention in some way. There's also just a love for it. I don't think every comic has to have this like tragic story, yeah. you know, Oh, this, this person was touched as a kid or his parents hated him or these type of thing. Like, I think there are people that just truly enjoy entertaining, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it is odd to stand in front of people and just go, aren't I good? <laughs> you know, but my, my relationship with it has always been kind of, um, hmm. before I had a crowd that like we all knew what we were getting in on when yeah. we came to the show before I had that experience I was almost a little bit resentful of the audience who would be like alright make me laugh and I'd be like who the fuck are you like this is mm -hmm. you signed up for this too right right like, right we right. Both, you wanted to be made laugh and I wanted to make you laugh you don't gotta cross the arms you know what I mean <laughs> prove to me you're good at being an audience too so it was cool to be yeah, at this, yeah, yeah. this stage. I don't want to distract too much. So shy and introverted. Yeah. And, and it, so I think it's sometimes it's a choice. I, I, I was very depleted. I didn't have that. You know, uh, there's a, a great book called Quiet and it's a power of introverts by Susan Cain. And she has uh, this idea that uh, introverts wake up and they have five gold coins. And every single time they engage with somebody, somebody takes their coin. Ooh. And they feel depleted. Ooh. So then they have to be by themselves to replenish. Extroverts wake up and they have no gold coins. And every single time they engage with somebody, they get energy and energy yes. and energy. And uh, so I, I could feel that. And on top of it, being damaged, I felt like I was shy. I wanted to be able to, even though I was shrinking and being invisible, I didn't want to be seen. I did want to be seen, right? We all want to be heard. Yes, we want to be recognized. And so it wasn't, and, but I've always had that drive because I had purpose because I wanted to, you know, I, I don't know, maybe just deep down, I felt like there was something there and I just couldn't figure it out. I guess what I'm asking is like the person that's listening right now and they go, wow, I'd like to make that change in my yeah. life. What was the first yeah. step? What is the easiest thing yeah. to flip in the positive direction? So my, my inspiration was my desperation, right? I was so desperate. And mm -hmm. what I would, my advice for somebody in that same situation is to take a small, simple step, right? I believe that you don't have to do little, that little things add up to big things, yeah. right? Little by don't little. Don't lose 400 pounds. Exactly. Lose little, pounds. Exactly. Little yeah. by little, a little becomes a lot. Yeah. It's consistency compounds. And I would say that for greater confidence, first of all, I think confidence is not something we have because we always say, oh, I want to have confidence. But I think that's also a way of brainwashing ourselves because I don't think we have these things. I think we do. There are certain things you could do that will give you confidence. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. right now, if everyone did this exercise and said, on a scale of zero to 10, you know, how confident do you feel about something, right? right. And, and or, or just about life in general. Yeah, yeah. 
and people could say it's a five, then you could do a thought experiment game. You could gamify it. You're like, okay, well, what do I need to do to feel a six? Yeah. Or a seven. Yeah. Right. Maybe I need to play some some, you know, good music. Maybe I need to just get up and, you know, move around or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Um, and I would say do something small, get yourself out of your comfort zone. There's this quote, what was this? Wasn't there a Matt Damon movie about um buying a zoo? Right. Whatever. But there's a quote saying that, you know, 20 seconds of like, you know, insane confidence or courage could just change your life. Yeah. And I would I would I would say that. Oh, here's one. While the beauty is in the butterfly, the growth happens in the cocoon. Right. Mm. It's the struggle to come out that builds your strength yeah. to be able to, to soar. You said something last night about like uh, it was inside versus outside. Yeah. Like what I was, was I was using the metaphor of an egg that. Oh, yeah, yeah. If an egg is broken by an outside force, life ends. But if an egg is broken by an inside force, life begins. Life begins. So great things yeah. begin on the inside. So what is that first thing? Like, yeah. even, what is the smallest little thing that you would recommend? Yeah. First so, step. So I would make your fucking bed. Yeah, I would say that fear, right? Because usually, what makes us not confident is uncertainty, right? It's mm. the it's the unknown, and it's not comfortable. And while the comfort zone is a nice place to visit, nothing nothing grows there. Right. And yeah. you know this, right? Yeah. To get on stage to be able to you are where you are because you put in the work and the sacrifice yeah. and those late nights and those gigs that you know and the, and those that you maybe didn't want to you know do. And you know, and so that's what success is. It's, you know, most people see the tip of the iceberg and they see this lifestyle and yet below the iceberg is that discipline and, and all the things that led to it, the, the mess and everything. Yeah. So I would say, ask yourself this question, what is the tiniest action I could take that will give me progress towards this goal where I can't fail? So make it so minuscule. So maybe if people aren't confident about their body and they don't work out, maybe working out an hour a day is way too big. So a small, simple step, put on your running shoes. You know, maybe <laughs> yeah. reading, we said leaders are readers and try to read a book a week, but, you know, breaking it down, it's about 45 minutes for the average reader a day, which is a lot. But if you get, that's why we triple people's reading speed so they can do it in 15 minutes a day. But maybe 45 minutes is too big. Maybe a small, simple step, opening up the book, reading yeah, one yeah, line yeah, in the book. Yeah, 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 Some people yeah. don't floss their teeth, right? Get your, get, get yourself to floss one tooth because you're not going to stop at one tooth and you, can, <laughs> and you develop some kind of momentum right and so that that's really the key start with one tooth is the yeah. best but do something yeah, yeah. And, and metaphorically for whatever you feel fearful of right you know take that small simple step break okay. it down where you where it's digestible well before i don't want to take up too much of your time i know yeah. you're a very busy man but we got to get through fast yeah, yeah, yeah. So F is forget. Forget about what you know about it so you can learn something new. Because yeah. if you go to an event about sales and starting a business, you yeah. might think you know it, then you're not going to learn anything new. Right. Also, forget about distractions because multitasking is a myth, right? It's actually task switching. So when you say you're multitasking, nobody uh, yes, is actually doing is. that. You're going from one task to another to another. And what it costs you is time Yeah, because it could take five, 10 minutes to regain your focus. Like mm. you, you hop onto social media, like you just, that's that's like a wormhole. Right? Mm. And you come back and you're like, oh my God, just 30 minutes just disappeared. Because you could scroll till you die, right? That's never going to end ever, ever, right? Mm. So do one thing. That was the worst when Instagram used to tell you when there was nothing left. Right, right. You're just like, man, I, I suck today. <laughs> I reached that, the end. <laughs> there's no more. So here's the thing. So um, so I would say forget about distractions because you lose time. Yeah. You make mistakes when you're trying to multitask. So if you want to study something and learn it, and you're listening to a podcast, you're taking notes. But if you're, trying, if you're on Slack and social media, and trying, you're not going to do anything well. You're going to make more mistakes. Mm. 
And the third thing, you use up more energy. You, you burn more brain glucose. So if you suffer from mental fatigue, mm. which a lot of people do, brain mm. fog, mm -hmm. sometimes it's because you're trying to multitask and you have too many tabs in your computer open. And even if they're minimized, they're still taking up energy, right? Mm. They're still taking up memory, right? So kind of close that tab. If something comes in your mind, something you have to do, write it down so you can release it, right? Because what you resist persists. If you try not to think, do something, you're just gonna do it more, right? Yeah, yeah, so forget yeah. about those things. The A in fast, you got to be active like because learning like life is not a spectator sport and so many people take they sit back passively and say okay you know teach me but that's not how the brain learned the brain doesn't learn through consumption it learns through creation and creativity mm. and you can't learn by just being lectured to and a teacher is not it's not the responsibility to push information in your head and so as much as you get active so for example how can people be active i sp i mentioned the first thing just taking some notes, right? And actually handwriting notes and digitally taking notes is different, right? And so I don't know, and people could, could mention this. I I'm recall curious. handwritten way better. Yeah. Hand, way hand, handwritten. Better. And and then you're not Why you're not is that? you're not alone. And I'll I'll tell you one of the reasons. Digital is great for uh, storing information, yeah. sharing it, you know, but yeah. handwriting notes has been proven to help your comprehension and retention. One of the reasons why is most people could type pretty fast and you could type almost everything that I'm, we're talking about right now, but you can't possibly handwrite. And You're so it forces time you, with it. It forces you to reflect on it, to filter it, what's most important and relevant here, right? So those are little things. Plus, you're, it's very kinesthetic and personal when you're handwriting things. You're also I, going shorthand, so you're just writing the yeah. important words. Yeah. yeah, it's super dense it's exactly. when you take notes handwritten. Much yeah. better. You know, even a, a whole brain note-taking way is because the reason why you take notes is because there's a learning curve. There's also a forgetting curve. You do you know how much is lost? When you listen to a podcast, read a book, get a lecture at, at university, after hearing it once, after two days, how much do you think you forget on average? I'm at a, I don't know, 25%, 30%. 80%. Isn't that wild? <laughs> you listen to something. We got to like, keep putting out the idea. same apps every week. Al. 80, We're working 80%. too hard. <laughs> so by taking notes, it helps that to reduce that. And, yeah. and a fun way of taking notes that will help your comprehension retention, take a piece of paper, put a line right down the page. Mm. On the left side, capture. On the right side, create. Now, now this is nuance. On the left side, you're going to take notes. On the right side, you're going to make notes. These are the things that are being said. Exactly. These are my thoughts about it. Exactly. Perfect. That's great. So that's a left and right brain away. So left brain that's is usually great. logic and linear. So you're going to capture how to remember names, right? Uh, what's the morning routine, right? And you're capturing yeah. it. On the right side, if you're... If your mind, your imagination is going to go somewhere, let it go instead of distracting you and mind wander, let it go on the right side of the page. Yeah. How am I going to use this? How does this relate to what I know? What questions do I, you know, just go on and on and yes. you create. The future belongs to the creators, right? I, I love being around creatives because like, you know, where jobs are going, they're being automated, they're, yeah, they're yeah. going to machines, AI, but what's not is, is our ability to create and imagine. That's what is limitless. You said something. I had a note about that specifically when you were talking about you can't, what yeah. was the exact word? Oh, fuck, I had it here. Something about like you can't create a man. No, no, something. Yeah, there's no lim like when we talk about you know my so the, my book title I, I I chose to call it limitless because what's truly limit the sky is not the limit our minds are the limit. Yeah, what's yeah. truly limitless is our creativity. There's no limit on our creativity. Yeah, there's yeah. no limit on our imagination. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no limit on human determination. And so I want to unlock those 
the, those treasures in people's yeah. people's minds. And yeah. so, yeah, the future belongs to the creatives. So the A is being active. So one of the things you do is take notes. One of the things people do right now is being active. Take a screenshot of what you're watching or listening to right now, you know, and, and tag Andrew, tag myself so we see it and share one thing that, that you learned, right? That's a way of being active online, mm. you know? And, and I'll be active right back. I'll repost some of, you know, like the favorite, like takeaways, but those are the ahas. So it makes you like own it a little bit more. So that's the A is being active in your learning because learning is not a spectator sport, you know, but school taught you to just consume when you should consume and create, right? It was cool that you uh, told us to take notes during the, during this, the performance yeah. because I would have felt guilty writing my phone because yeah, yeah, I would have yeah. thought that you're thinking if you Don't saw me, oh, he's texting, he's not paying attention. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was yeah. like furiously writing notes. I even had to like tell Pablo, I was like, hey, buddy, I'm writing notes. I'm not being like, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. it was really good that you you kind of empowered the audience to do that if they chose. Yeah, even the things that we did, like getting up and turning and some of the exercise that we did, it was more active mm. than just listening to a lecture, right? Okay. You right. know, and I think that's really, you know, one of the great things you offer is just entertainment is just, it's so much grander than education. But when you could take education and, and make it, it entertaining? in an entertaining way, yeah. then you could really empower people, right? 100%. And so, 100%. and that goes to the S in fast, where you have F is forget, A is active, S is state. Mm. And S state means emotional states, mm. like the mood of your mind and your body. Because as we talked about last night, that information by itself is forgettable, but information when combined with emotion becomes unforgettable. Locked. Like, think about it. Like, is. I imagine everyone who's listening, there's a song you could hear mm. and take you back to when you're in high school, mm -hmm. right? There's a fragrance or a food that could take you back to when you're a child. Or a traumatic event. Right. Probably so locked in Emotions. Yeah, yeah. We all emotions. knew, we all remember where we were at certain dates of mm. emotional intensity. And so, but the challenge is the emotion most people learn in is boredom. You think about school, <laughs> you know, and, and if it's emotion times, yeah. you know, times information, if the emotion is zero, then you wonder why you forgot the periodic table and all the things we learned in school. Yeah. So the state is how can you increase your your state when you're learning something to make it more entertaining in your mind? Like even when I go on stage and I'm waiting, sometimes the speaker before me might be boring and I'll be watch and and everyone's falling asleep and I'll I I'll be actually really excited because I'll think wow, how's this person putting everyone to sleep? That's so fascinating to me, right? I'll get really engaged because I want to be control of my emotions. I don't want to be at the effect of the weather or anything else that's going on. Hmm. So state is, if you want to learn something better, get in that playful, curious state, you know, bring some excitement, you know, like sit the way you be sitting if you're really engaged and focused and then your physiology affects your psychology, right? Yeah. And so control your state. All learning like life is state dependent. And finally, the T in fast where F is forget, A is active, S is state. This is the review. T, teach. Learn when you're learning something, teach it to somebody else. Yeah, because so your great. intent matters. Yeah. They call it the explanation effect. Yeah. That if you learn something and you had to explain it to somebody else the next day or yeah. give a TED talk about it, yeah. would your focus be better? Would you concentrate better? Yeah. Would yeah. you take better notes? Would you yeah. ask more questions? You would own it because you have to reflect on it and be able to share it with the world. And, uh, and I would say when you teach something, you get to learn it twice. So if you want to accelerate your learning, be a faster learner, yeah. learn, think about somebody that you care about that wish that you wish was listening to this, yeah. not only share this episode and everything, this, you know, video yeah. and everything else, but teach them something, teach them one thing you got out of it yeah. and you'll know it better.
Yeah, and it kind of exposes the 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 gaps in your knowledge base about the subject as well, right? Like completely. You try to explain it, you're like, oh, oh, I don't exactly know what happened between 1920 and 1923. I should kind of do a little more research yeah. on that. Yeah, that's interesting. The teaching aspect is huge. Uh, yeah, I love that. Even when you did, like, if you wanted to repeat yeah. somebody's joke and stuff, like, you know where your gaps are, you know, in your understanding. Or Even you- with your own, like, just m- material, like talking it out to a crowd or like telling your friends you have an idea for a joke. I don't ever like do bits to people, but like, I'll yeah. be like, here's this idea. Let's talk it out. Yeah. That is, there's something about that. It's when like, you explain it, you just know it better. You know, I always heard this, you hear this phrase that, you know, if you, those who don't know or can't do, they teach. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. he was like, oh, if you can't make it in business, then teach business and business school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I never saw it as a negative. I always thought, well, if I can't do something, teach it and I could do it better. You know what I mean? It's cause, cause interesting. Like the two biggest challenges I had growing up learning and public speaking right. and <laughs> the universe funny. has a sense of humor because all i do is public speak on this thing called learning but by doing yeah. it i learn it so much better well so can you that's great please tell everybody where they can see your stuff i mean i i really enjoy you call them podcasts i enjoy these quick bites these bites yeah these digestible digestible brain hacks i'm telling you they are it's just so easy that you yeah. have this great playlist that's up on youtube thank but you, go thank please you. tell them everywhere yeah, if people go to quick brain you have to spell it right k-w-i-k yeah Yes. Um, that's really my last name, QuickBrain. And we'll link to you down here. Yeah, quickbrain.com. You'll get uh, these three training videos and links to all the podcasts. The podcast, as you mentioned, is 10, 15, no more than 20 minutes. They're great. You can binge list it. Start from episode one, go all the way through. You'll learn all these strategies in detail. Yeah. Um, we have a, we have a book that came out, uh, Limitless. Limitless, yeah. Upgrade your brain, learn anything faster, unlock your exceptional life. You can get it at limitlessbook.com. When you go there and get it, we give you a 10-day program on accelerated learning and speed reading because I want you to, when the book arrives, to be able to read it and finish <laughs> it. Um, we donate all the proceeds to charity and um, and on social media. You know, like I, I would challenge everybody, as I mentioned, to take a screenshot of this and share it so you could teach it to other people Yeah, and, and tag us both in there and share your big takeaway. I'll, act, I'll actually repost um, some of my favorites and I'll actually gift a few copies of the book out oh, sweet. to people. That'd be and, great. Uh, to everyone, just as a thank you for just playing along. And and uh, all the links are in my Instagram profile. And we'll make sure that we include that as well. Okay. I have a couple questions and then you're out of here. All yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Right. This is our little lightning round. Okay. Okay. You're on the hot seat right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like it. Okay. Um, So you said that there was a kid that grabbed your chair and that's why you fell. Yeah. Did you ever find out who that was? Yeah, it was was Julie. Uh, Yeah, I I know exactly who it is. What's what's Julie doing now? Yeah, I I don't know, but she, we, we, there was this fire engine outside and we all got on our chairs to see it. Uh We're, you know, in kindergarten and she pulled the chair out, not maliciously, I think. Mm -hmm. She just wanted to be able to get on Mm -hmm. the chair and be able to see what was going on outside. But I I took a head first into the radiator and Mm. created a whole ripple. But I'm thankful because honestly, yeah, it worked out. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, What were your goals today and how many have you met so far? Those three. What are my goals today? Remember you said... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So personally, it was to jump in the ocean today, which I got... It's, it's not huge. I love this. Being this, here this in I Miami. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't huge, but I just said, you know, I was filming all day today from early morning till I got here. Right. And I just like, I'm going to do myself a good, you know, favor by jumping into the ocean. Um, I, I had a great green smoothie, which was also personal. And I got to spend time with, with my bride. And that was, you know, special also as well. Amazing. And those are personal things. And then work thing was uh, we filmed... Uh, uh, you know, all day today, uh, which was big. I got to do a little writing during a break. And um, and this is the final thing right here. It's be here with you. That, that's the highlight, man. Okay. Um, 
Uh, you talked about brushing your teeth with the opposite hand. Yes. Okay. Um, is there anything else you do with the opposite hand as well? <laughs> I, eat, I eat with the opposite hand. Ah, good, good. That is also good. All of you guys should have been thinking that same thing. Um, does my fiance have a broken brain? Uh, can I mention her name and stuff like that? No, um, no she does not. She okay, does. Good, she's, good. she's brilliant and she's bright and you are marrying up. Uh, I'll score some points there. <laughs> Let's go. I'm marrying up, baby. Okay. Uh, now, you've worked with a, a lot of celebrities, Elon Musk, Will Smith, Jim, mm-hmm. Jim Carrey. Um, out of all of them, who has the most broken brain? <laughs> I, I, no, they're they all really bright. Um, well, I, I don't I don't coach a lot. I mean, I, I did programs at space uh, yeah, at SpaceX and everything, right. and and but I learned from all of them. You know, one of the takeaways from Jim Carrey is we, we were making some brain foods as we talked about last night in his kitchen during a break at his home, and and I was like, why do you do what you do? You know, as a comedian, he's like, I act like a complete fool on camera because I want to give people at home permission to be themselves. Mm. And he's like, my religion is freeing people from the concerns of others mm. because people are so wrapped up with the opinions and expectations of other that people impose on them. And I just, I thought that was a big, big takeaway. So I don't, I wouldn't, I can't talk about who's broken, but I could tell you they're all amazing minds. That's a good rationalization. <laughs> Jim. I don't know if I believe it, but I'll, I'll let you rock with it. Okay. Last one. Do you have any Bitcoin? Um, I, have uh, I'm I dabble in it? Yes. Let's go. Um, and uh, to the just, moon, Al. Yeah, we um, we're playing. We're looking into uh, an NFT and some other stuff there. You know, because I'm I'm really fascinated by the with, crypto world. Yeah, yeah, I, I I am because every we live in an exponential world. You know, autonomous cars, spaceships that are going to Mars. You know, I like to I like to see things advance, and I'm and I'm curious. I love it. I love, I love it. Yeah. We're we're doing some dabbling ourselves. Okay. So we're dabbling to the moon, Jim. Yes. Thank you Do so it. much, guys. This is Jim Quick. Please go check out all his stuff. And again, thank you so much for, for spending the time, taking the time. I uh, really appreciate it, man. Yeah, I appreciate you. Cheers.